Make no mistakes about it. The time for general purpose robots has now come and like it or not, we will see more and more of these appear and improve exponentially. Today, we're going to show you a humanoid robot from a company in China called Fourier Intelligence that seems to have come out from nowhere and has amazing capabilities. Dr. Scott Walter, a robotics expert who has previously co-founded two robotics companies in the past, will review this bot and compare it not only to Tesla's Optimus, but to the other robots that are advanced as well. Humanoid robots have tremendous potential to completely change society and vastly improve our productivity and commerce. It's hard to believe, but a world run by robots is now here. All right. Thank you, Scott, for joining me. I appreciate this. We've done this many, many times now. We've looked at 10 different robots. We've done deep dives on Tesla's Optimus bot. We looked at artificial intelligence, the hands. We looked at its ability to walk. We talked about the impact of humanoid robots. And so out of nowhere, you tell me all of a sudden that there's this humanoid robot that we haven't seen before that seems to be one of the most advanced and actually heard you tell me that this is possibly the next in line as good as or close to Tesla bot. So this is very exciting. Tell me more about it. Yes, I absolutely agree. And uh, it was not on my radar and it came on my radar over the weekend. Someone forwarded a tweet to me and uh, I think we might have one to be able to bring it up. It's from uh, Tony Zhao that is showing us um, a, a link to a video from this company that he was sort of complaining I had less than 300 views. And I think after he sent that tweet out, I probably added another 300 views myself. It's a, it's a nice short clip. It's only about 16 seconds, but it reveals quite a bit and there's some other information. And so I'd like to dig in and look at the details because we can learn a lot about humanoid robotics, not just from this, but also by comparing it to some of our uh, favorites like uh, the Tesla bot, Agility, and also Sanctuary and Atlas. So uh, we'll go ahead and we'll run this in silent mode. I won't say anything. It's only a 16 second clip. And then uh, we'll go and do a deep dive. Okay, Scott, it's still tethered. I see that it's tethered, um, so yes. it's interesting, but okay. So let's, hopefully you can share more. It's tethered at this point, just uh, for safety reasons. So mm -hmm. uh, it is walking uh, along, just making sure it's stable. We're gonna see some other videos where it's untethered to get an idea. Uh, and I think if we go, yeah, so we can sort of see it again as, as it's moving along. The tether is there just to make sure it doesn't fall over. We, we can see the different stability checks and everything else are going on. And it's also ability to do a little bit of manipulation. And we are going to look at some of these clips a little bit closer to get an idea of how this is built and how it compares. So I think that the next slide I have set up is that when you, you take a look at this bot, what does it remind you of? And well, I think we should see that on the next slide. Mm -hmm. Sure, it looks just like a Tesla bot, but it right. has, as we talked about, it does not have hands. It doesn't have the digits. It has these pinchers. Yep. So, okay, so far I'm not as impressed, but okay, you'll, you'll tell me okay. why you think I should be impressed. Right now it looks okay, like, so the, uh, yeah. The, the, the first thing I'm sure that when a lot of people saw the bot, they said, oh, it looks like it's just a copy of the Tesla bot and, yeah. or maybe the Romello bot, which we see on, on the other side there. 
And yes, there's a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. They are not copies, okay? It's not a copy because they were working on this well before uh, the Tesla bot was revealed. Mm -hmm. uh, and we shouldn't be surprised that because we're going to have a, a lot of um, convergent evolution as people start building these devices from first principles. And they're all reading the same research papers, so we shouldn't be surprised that there's going to be a lot of similarities between them. Um, but there's also a lot of differences that may not be jumping out right away. I want to kind of go in there right now and break it down and to see what are some of the things I actually like about this compared to, um, you know, some of the other bots and some, some of the design decisions they made that are very good. Now, of course, we can see they've gone ahead and they've done the same stability check we've seen. We even saw them do this with Atlas with a hockey stick, if you remember that. And the Romello um, was also doing the check that we saw in the video. To see how well it's able to deal with kind of a shock or suddenly you know some outside force that comes in is able to to stay up uh, really quite well so it's got very good stability very good control say some of the the, the better that i've seen out there for a, a walking mobile robot uh, now we can advance on to the next slides and start getting an idea of how this is constructed kinematically and how it compares itself so this is kind of a, a nice outline there looking at the arms so if you look at the arms, you'll notice they are quite light. They're, they're very thin. They don't have a whole lot of bulk on them. But the other thing you might notice, which is a little bit different than some of the others, is there's two things. Uh, on the next slide, we're going to see something, and that is how the kinematic axes line up. So if you draw a line through all the actuators along the arm and then coming up from the shoulder, normally where you'd want those two to cross is right at the shoulder joint. Mm -hmm. And you'll notice yeah. there's an offset there. So you can see the connection between the shoulder and the upper arm is this little dog leg uh, link mechanism there. And from the standpoint of the kinematician, you hate that because it's hard work from the math standpoint. But mechanically, it gives you a lot of advantages, you know, particularly advantage like when the arms are folded straight down, it gives you a bit more reach. And it's quite common to have that kind of uh, offset in a lot of industrial robots and everything else. So that's sort of the first thing, which is a difference with the Tesla bot. The Tesla bot, we're going to see that's completely lined up. And the next slide, we're going to see another uh, little difference as well. So on the next one, you see this red line I'm, I'm putting there. That's showing you how the uh, upper shoulder joint is mounted onto the torso. And this is at an angle of probably about 30 degrees. And about a year ago, when John Gibbs and I did a breakdown of what we thought the Tesla bot was gonna look like before the AI day two, we were looking at the giant AI robot. Now the next slide, we'll take a look at the giant AI robot. And one of the things I mentioned that I liked about what they had done in that design is um, their shoulder also was mounted at an angle there, about 15 degrees. And I said, that's about the slightest you want. You mm -hmm. actually want to have probably between 15 and 30 degrees. And there's a reason for doing that. And it, it avoids a mathematical issue that in biomechanics, they referred to as Codman's paradox, where or in, we would call it the polar singularity in robotics of having the arms sort of straight out like that. You, you want to be able to have access there. And this becomes kind of a mathematical instability if you don't mount it that way. So by doing this, you get much better access, or let's say mathematically, things behave a little bit better. So if we go back to the slides, we'll notice when the Tesla bot was first announced, the original design, uh, they also had that offset there. So you, if you look at the, the upper arm there, and if you look at where the first joint's coming out on the shoulder, you can see it has a slight angle to it. And then we can then compare it on the next slide to what we ended up getting. And so when the Tesla bot mm. was announced, I actually was a bit surprised and kind of disappointed that they decided to mount it at 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
So that's, I mean, that's one of the first differences that's there. And you think, well, they might be the only ones that are thinking of that. But if we kind of move ahead uh, to the next slide, I think we'll also see this is the, the Phoenix robot from Sanctuary, which was also recently announced. And this is their sixth generation. They've gone through a lot of iterations in this as well. And they've also mounted that at about 30 degrees. And so that gives you a much better uh, area of reach without having these mathematical instabilities uh, that you would typically get when you'd be straight out. So that's one of the things I like about it and also the dog leg they have in there. And so that's showing, you know, what the actual angle is there. The complement of that is, of course, 30 degrees. So we mm -hmm. can see how it's mounted there. We can see that it's got the offset. So you can imagine, you can already see that one arm when it's vertical, when it's coming straight out, make sure it gets a little bit of clearance from the body. So that's, that's very nice. Whereas if you don't have that little dog leg, it's going to be a little bit closer and you might be impacting and you might not have as much reach. Now, the one thing that became a concern for me, if you look in this picture, is there any kind of failure point or area that you would look at and go, hmm, I'm not so sure. Hey there, thank you for joining me. If you can, please consider supporting this channel so I can keep it going. It's a lot of work arranging all these amazing interviews. One of the easiest ways is just to click that join button and become a member of the channel. Thank you very much. Let's get brighter. <laughs> well, of course, right here, the, the, the belly is like kind of thin, man. It's like right sorry, in the belly button. I'm looking at that and thinking, man, that, that looks like a failure point there because you've got to carry the load of your entire structure right through that point. So yeah. I was like, hmm, you know, I'm not so sure. I, I would kind of beef that up. And now that is, of course, where their torso is, where they've got all the movement in the torso. And the next slide, we'll be able to see exactly uh, how they were actuating that. Now, there's actually three axes that we'll compare just a little bit. But the main thing is that you've got a rotation about the green, which is straight ahead. And that would be able to kind of tip from left to right. And mm -hmm. then you have the blue axis that allows you to lean forwards and backwards right in there. Mm -hmm. And the actuation from it is done through these two motors that are hanging to the side there that have got uh, mm -hmm. uh, circled in the box there. And the way it's done is that we're going to take a look at it in the next slide. We get a, sli a side view that sort of shows what's going on is you'll see that it have what is usually known as a cardinal joint right there to be able to make this. But the question is how it's actuated. Well, in that red circle there, you can see where the actuators are. And that's actually a linkage that comes down from those motors mounted on the side. And there's, there's two linkage mechanisms. You just can't see both of them. You can only see it on one side. But what happens is that if that red linkage on both sides goes up and down together in the same direction, you will get rotation about the blue axis. Mm -hmm. And if they go in different directions, you get the rotation in the green. And we've seen this before. That's exactly how the ankle and the wrist works in Optimus. So we've seen mm -hmm. this okay. kind of mechanism before right there. And that's what they decided to do for the torso. But again, I'm looking at that and saying like, man, all the weight's gone right through there. And you might say, well, the human body is kind of designed that way as well. <laughs> that's right. And everyone has lower back pain for a reason <laughs> because everything kind of goes right through there. So that was one of the things I was kind of wondering about if they were going to change that. Now, we can go ahead and get an idea of, uh, you know, other aspects of what we have here. And if you look at the chest cavity, that's like an impressive chest cavity. And, and what's yeah. going on there? Mm -hmm. That Peter, looks like... Battery? It, to me, it looks like more like protection than anything else. Because yeah. you notice it's a cavity that seems to yeah. be empty. We don't see anything mm -hmm. in there. So I think of it, it's almost like a big bicycle helmet, but for the chest. So mm -hmm. when it falls down, it's not going to damage oh, yeah. anything. It's going to protect the electronics that are behind it. So that's yeah, okay. kind of a suspicion. Or there's something else that it's going to be used for maybe down the road. But it does seem to, to have a lot, of, a lot more volume there than one would expect. 
Mm -hmm. uh, now, if we go ahead here, we can take a look at the head itself. And this <laughs> is another difference. If you remember, Optimus, the head is completely affixed, does mm -hmm. not rotate at all. Mm -hmm. And we can also see the harnessing that's on there, which is the, are the green lines. And we can see in this case, we have that, that black cable, which is probably a power supply and may also be a way for them to be able to, uh, to gather data. So probably their, their data and controls might be through that uh, for now. So it's not necessarily wireless control. But um, I think if we go to the next slide, I'm going to, yes, there we go. Now that is a three axis head. So for those who were looking at it at first, you might wonder, well, where's the, the axis of rotations? Well, you can see the first axis down the bottom, the red axis. That's the one that allows your head to go back yeah. left to right. right. And then we've got a green axis, which is offset up that uh, will allow you to make your head, uh, see, you know, one of them is to rotate like this. The other one is to nod left and right. And then finally, you've got the top part, the blue, which was allow your head to go forward. So they have three degrees of freedom there. And so they have head movement, which is something Optimus does not uh, have. Did you count how many cameras that they have? Because one of the reasons we uh, said that Tesla bot decided not to have, you know, they have lots of cameras, mm -hmm. six, I think it was, but they could right, have, right. They, they didn't need to have the from, neck movement because I've you've got the cameras. It, it looks like they might just have stereo vision. So... Uh, so and here in I front. couldn't quite see where the cameras were, but there was, mm -hmm. there was uh, later on or some images that are showing that they may just have two. Yeah. So there may be a reason okay. for them wanting to do that. And we'll kind of come back to that. Now, at this point, I also want to look at sort of the design of the arm. So you'll notice the arm has a lot of uh, empty space in there, a lot of free area that's been freed up. It's not, it's not packed in with a lot of stuff. So it seems to be a very nice, compact design that will be very easy to put padding and other things around there sure. or maybe any other wiring or controls. Mm -hmm. And the elbow, you'll notice the, the elbow is a little bit different than the way it was designed in Optimus. So Optimus is actually using a linkage mechanism that we've seen. So we, we have these linear drive units that are used to make the elbow go. In this case, right at the joint itself. So Optimus actually has an idle joint. So there is no motor at the elbow there is just a pin joint right there. And then back here in the biceps is this motor with a, uh, that pushes a lever that makes it go back and forth. In this case, right at the joint, they built in the motor. And so, and that seems to probably be an actuator with a certain amount of power. And we'll see a little bit more. Now, if we go to the you, next slide. We'll do you think, Scott, that that means on. that they're designing this to be able to carry more heavier things because they have a motor right there? I th they're putting it there and what they're doing is they're relying pretty much only on rotary motors. They do not have any linear drives, which is what we're going to see. TeslaBot has a combination of two. So in some cases they have the linear drives, in some cases they have the rotary drives. And in this case, you do everything with the rotary drives, but in some cases they are using the linkages, which we will see. Now, if we run this video, I think there's a little, vi a little video here. Uh, I want you to see something here. It's going to actually show the elbow joint right now. And so if you look at the elbow joint, when it's running, then we can run this again a few times. I want you to look closely at the elbow joint and I want you to notice the, oh, yeah. the, the disc inside. It's spinning yeah, yeah. faster than the outer part, isn't it? it you did, see how yeah. fast it's spinning? Yeah. It's definitely spinning faster than the elbow. That's showing you that it's geared. So we, we are right. seeing the rotation of the, the inner part does not match the outer part, which tells us, okay, there's some gearing going on there so they can get the torque that they need. You get mm -hmm. more than enough speed, but that's how they are torquing it. So we're getting a little bit of an idea of what's going on there. Now, when you get come out to the wrist, you know, the wrists are tricky because wrist, you need to get the three degrees of freedom in there. And you also need 
to try to get them as thin as possible because a lot of times they just end up being very, very bulky. Now, the first axis on, on the wrist is the rotation of the hand this way. And that's usually very easy because it's along the arm and we can see the first axis is there. And I think if we jump to the next slide, we'll, we'll get a better close up here. Um, okay, we saw that one for, okay. So we get a little bit of an idea here of, uh, of the, um, the drive unit in the back. And then we can see the next unit here, which is, you know, is gonna be doing something with the movement of the wrist either this way or that way. And we can try to figure out what's going on. I think we go to the next slide. I've marked this to give you an idea what's going on. So you yeah. can see the red axis, which goes along the arm. That's going to give you your normal roll. Now the green, you'll notice, is a little bit of a mess because the motor, the green motor you'll see is backed off there. And at first you might think, oh, it's rotating way back there, right? Almost like the, the wrist is broken back here and you have a rotary yeah, yeah. joint back there. It's like, no, 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 no. What it's doing is actually rotating closer up to where the blue is. So if, if you follow that along, you kind of mm -hmm. see there is a, a yeah, half circle there mm -hmm. that's sticking out behind the, the blue axis or on both sides of the blue axis, which is actually the rotational point for that. So you have two axes of rotation, but the actuation is done through an interesting mm -hmm. mechanism. And that is I've circled in green what look like um, socket wrenches. <laughs> you see the upper socket wrench and the lower socket wrench yeah, yeah. that's there? That's connected to the green motor in the back. When that mm -hmm. green motor moves in the back, those two go back and forth. And that motion there actually causes the the wrist to pitch up and to pitch down. So the green mm -hmm. is the pitch axis of this. The blue is the side to side, what we kind of call the yawing that you have on the wrist. And this is the axis you use the least. I mean, you can only get a little bit of rotation out of it. The pitching you'd use quite a bit. And then of course the roll you can do plus or minus 180. So the pitching is like, if you're lucky, plus or minus 75 maybe, not quite 90 unless you're really flexible. Um, and the blue, like plus or minus 45. Now the orange or the yellow that I'm showing on there, that's the actuator for the fingers in this case. And it looks the like fingers. they have one actuator, one motor yeah. that makes both of them go in different yeah. directions. So they, they yeah. clasp down together. So mm -hmm. it is um, definitely synchronized together that way with one motor. First, I thought maybe they had well, two motors in there, but I think they have yeah. one. I, I will tell you that when I first saw it and you showed it to me, it looked pretty impressive. Now that I've seen it in more detail, like you're sharing with me, it's pretty simplistic to me. Um, it looks very, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, I, it's not elegant. Like I think when I see the Tesla bot, things look so clean, but yet it can do all of these movements. Are you telling me that these movements are more powerful? Are they going to be more, there, uh, more there, variety? They're, they're interesting. There, there's some different designs and we can see that they're, they're working on some things that I think would be um, clever ideas that I hope the Tesla bot team is paying attention okay. to. All okay, right. definitely. Um, now, this next video that we're going to go through is, is a very small clip for you to understand how that wrist axis is working. And so you have to run it a few times. You have to focus it very closely at the wrist. And if you look at those two things I said look like the socket wrenches, you notice how the wrist kind of is going up and down. It's making that little movement. It's a very slight movement. You can't see very much of it there. Oops, <laughs> that um, that movement that was showing you how it was working with those two mechanisms going back and forth. You had to look really closely for it and look at it yeah. a few times. All right. It's a very subtle kind of movement, but it's there mm -hmm. to give you an idea of how that's being actuated. All right. And so they, they have the, the full degrees. of It's actually a seven-axis arm, um, which is what you would expect for a humanoid arm. If you look down at the bottom at the, the, the pelvic area, you'll notice a, mm -hmm. a lot of similarities with the Tesla bot as far as the kind of actuators that are there, um, which is uh, 
pretty in- interesting that they have a similar kind of pelvic design, but also a little bit of a difference there. But also, we'll get also a bit more into the legs. Much, much larger. I mean, I don't, they look really yeah, we'll, big. We'll, we're going to make a comparison there. They're both, they're both larger and smaller, depending upon your point yeah. of view on some things. Now, yeah. uh, okay, let's, let's take, uh, this is the second video that they have, which we're going to take a, a look at. Um, there's, there's only music to this. There is no, no sound, but they're giving an idea of the background of the company. So they started okay. since 2015. They've been working on a lot of different kinds of, um, mobility for, for people like exoskeletons and all learning to build a robot and then figuring out how to do walking. And if you look at that, I mean, you get an idea of how much it can lift. And now it was not balancing that weight. Okay. <laughs> and the other thing we, we can sort of see is how much force it's able to deliver and where they've gone. And then starting last year, you know, they finally get the robot in a state that it's able to move around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the push test. So these are some of the things we've already seen. And uh, again, these different examples of what they can do. Uh, and there's going to be another half to this. And now we're going to come back to, to that clip there in just a little bit to also understand what's going on. Now, we're going to be frozen there and we're going to move on to the, the next slide. Um, and we're going to pull out a couple of slides from there to get an idea. So in this case, that looks like an awful lot of weight. Now it's on a rail, so it's not balancing that. It's just able to show it has enough power to, to lift, which yeah. uh, let me see, I, I should go to the gym more often to know how much of those are 25 pound or 50 pound weights. I'm not sure, sure what, but <laughs> it seems to be a, a certain amount. And we get an idea of how the mechanism works. So we can see the feet look kind of familiar to what we're seeing in the Tesla bot. Some similarities on the knee, but a different knee design. And then we're also seeing up by the hip where you have sort of the hamstrings and all. That was how the original Bumble C was designed and, and also the Romella, some similarities there, but also some big differences uh, to the way the Tesla bot is designed now. And if we go to the next image, I think we'll get an idea of some side views of how the legs are working. Okay, so what I want you to see is, again, the ankle mechanism has got two degrees of freedom. Again, we've got this cardin joint down there, very similar to what was in the torso that has two degrees of freedom in different directions. It's gonna have to be actuated somehow. And we have a simple knee joint with a lever that's mecha- that is actuating it. It's not as as complex. It's a different mechanism design as what we have in the Tesla bot, uh, but it accomplishes the same thing to be able to make the the knee joint move back and forth. And now the next image we will see uh, get a better idea of what's going on here. Now the actuation of the knee is a little bit tricky to see because that really big motor in the back there that is the knee motor. <laughs> the motor okay. is not at the knee. There's a joint at the knee, but there is no motor. There is a very large motor with a very big lever arm to be able to push this push rod that you may or may not be able to see in this image. In the next image, I try to highlight it a little bit. So you Mm -hmm. see that orange line. You can kind of see where it goes from there back. So it's a little bit hidden, but you can see it sticking out a little bit. That is what actuates the knee. So that really big motor back there is what's needed to make the lower leg uh, extend out back and forth. And now you can also see the, yeah, right there, you can now see how the ankle is actuated. Well, again, these two levers that move back and forth, these two push rods, and you can see the two motors that are built into the leg to be able to do that. And you'll notice there are, diff- there are different lengths. And the reason they have to be different lengths is because the, the motors are, diff- are placed in different locations. But again, the idea is that if both push down the same time, then your, your foot's going to go up and down. And if they go in different directions, then you are going to get the um, 
your foot to kind of be able to roll left or right, depending upon whether you're on a flat surface or not. Now, there might this might look familiar. If we look at the next slide, you might say, hmm, I've seen something like this before. And sure enough, Agility has a very similar kind of right. design for that. Yeah. So they have these push rods, again, with uh, rotary actuators to be able to create that drive movement. Now, what Tesla did is they said, no, no, we're, we're not going to use that. They actually have these linear actuators that are built in as part of the calf muscles that do that instead. So the same idea on there, it's just different way of actuating that. Okay. So now this is okay. more of their So tool, now what, what this is what comes next. Yeah. This is the new version. Mm. So you see they've made some changes. So some of the changes I thought they should make when I saw this, I go, oh, they made a few changes. You'll see right there, it is not uh, tethered. Mm -hmm. Walking pretty confidently. Now, the feet are still kind of flat, just like Tesla, just like agility. It seems like everyone has the same. No, no one's been focusing on the feet for some reason. We, we're not quite sure why everyone still wants to be this clumpy, clumpy, kind of flat-footed thing. Um, but it seems, you know, side to side, they're making very good progress there. And we, again, we can see a nice close-up there of the ankle, how that ankle joint's going to work. And then here's an interesting idea of them evidently putting it probably into a simulator to see what it thinks of the movement and picking up um, whatever visual cues might be going along there. And some of their ideas of, of what they plan on doing with, with the bot, and we can probably go back to one of those images later to see that, you know, the harnessing design that they're thinking of coming up with to be able to route everything around. Okay, so what are your thoughts to this point? Because we still have some more slides to go. So this is- Yeah, no, no, no. So, I mean, obviously it's very, it's capable to move. I'm disappointed that it's pinchers. We have already covered this several times in many of our videos mm -hmm. where we compared the 10 right. top bots out there. And it has to have three things in order to be advanced robotics. One is it needs to have digits, fingers, be able to manipulate, mm -hmm. hold a drill and use a drill. This is going to be limited in its functionality of pick and place, grab something, move it somewhere else. Not sure if it can even open a door. Maybe, maybe some doors it can open a door, mm -hmm. but that's about it. I well, obviously well, let's, 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 let's hold that thought and let's sure. advance to the next slide. That's one. So and the second thing is intelligence. And so yep. you need to yep. still tell me, can it learn? Does it have AI? And so, you know, creating a human or robot that can walk is certainly the top, the, the third leg, <laughs> third leg of yep. the, the stool here. The so, and then yep. I think that it looks, uh, I mean, it looks, you know, I mean, I think the next generation does look better, but I find that it's still very, I, I think the word is not very elegant. It seems like I've attached this big giant motor and I attached this other motor and it's pulling here and there. So we'll see. Uh, I'm not let's, as impressed before. Let's, so far, let's take okay. a look at what they've done because they are evolving the design. Yeah. So if we first look at it there, we can't tell too much uh, from that image. But if we go to the next one, you, you would say, okay, who does this remind me of? Yeah, that's Sanctuary. Like it reminds me a lot of um, the Phoenix robot from Sanctuary. Right. So th there are some similarities there in, in both the way the head moves and the way the torso is moving. Uh, and also some differences. The, the arms are, are very different. Now, if you remember Sanctuary, well, wait, wait, we really focused but, on the hands first. Yeah. So, Scott, that, they, they aren't walking we've yet. covered the Tesla bot in detail. And then yep. we did this comparison and we all we both agreed that the Sanctuary bot is very advanced because it has the digits, it has the intelligence, mm -hmm. and it has this ability to move. And it's very elegant. 
And then, but you told me you still think that this Fourier is actually probably better than Sanctuary. How is that I mean, possible? Part of it is, is when I'm, I'm looking at how much they've been able to pack in a small area. So look at the mm -hmm. two arms. I mean, one mm -hmm. of them looks like it's got a lot of meat on its muscles. The other mm -hmm. one looks like it's more of a skeleton. And the fact that they've yeah. been able to come up with a design like that, which may pack the same punch in a much smaller um, area is kind of impressive. Now, if we go to some of these other images here, we'll be able to start making yeah, some comparisons here to see how they've improved it. Scott, it depends on what it's designed for, what it's optimized for, right? So the whole point of humanoid right. robots that Sanctuary and Teslabot are doing with the digits is to be able to control any tool, anything that a human can do. And just like you know, you and me, we probably can't carry 100 pounds or more. Very, it looks like the maximum payload is 55. These guys, it might be purposely created to carry things that are heavy. And so it's got these giant, you know, like they, they were showing off and it's got the pinchers and yeah, maybe. It's, it's, a, we'll it's about the same payload. We'll, we'll, we'll look, it's, it's similar okay. payload. So if we look a little bit closer, you'll see, ah, they are bringing hands in now. So they've got their, their okay. first generation hands and we can see down the legs and we can also see how they've changed the torso. So if we go to the next image here, we can and just go back for a second. I've outlined how their, their torso is. Okay. So right there, they have that three axis torso like they did before, just the mm -hmm. one before and it's kind of marked out that we can see we have a red vertical axis uh, and we've got the green and we've got the blue. Mm -hmm. And you notice mm -hmm. that they don't intersect at a common point. They're offset a little mm -hmm. bit, which means it's more like a chain, it behaves more like a human spine. So it will give them a little bit more dexterity and flexibility as far as in the torso. And um, it's the same design that we see in Sanctuary. So we'll go ahead and we'll take a look at Sanctuary. And you'll see Sanctuary has basically kind of the same layout, almost the same there. So similar idea. And now let's kind of compare it to Teslabot and what, what the Teslabot is trying to do. So in this case, the Teslabot has one less degree of freedom in the torso. And that's intentional just to reduce the complexity of it. So we can see the red and the green axes there that are able to show you the similar kind of movements or, or what kind of movements you'd be able to get and, and what's missing. Now what's missing, I think I showed in the next slide here is that we begin to get an idea if we want to compare here. All right. So on the Tesla bot, the way we get the red rotation is there is this green motor in the central axis there, part of the pelvis, which gives us that rotation about in the red. And then the, the green uh, rotation that we are able to see in the, uh, in the Fourier uh, is the, the same as, oh, okay, is, is the green down on the bottom there. So we're kind of matching those things up. And you notice this green doesn't really represent a joint of the torso. So we have redundancy in the motion of a, of a human body. So I can lean forward one of two ways. I can bend my stomach to go forward, or I can do it at my hips. And most people actually do it at their hips, especially when they get mm -hmm. older like me. And that's what Teslabot's doing. The rotation is happening actually down through the hips there because you don't need that additional axis to get that degree of freedom. You don't need it. So you might say there's a bit more dexterity and, and ability to kind of take different shapes, but it's a redundant joint that you don't necessarily need that Teslabot has decided to throw out. So we yeah. can kind I, of compare those three axes to see how you accomplish the yeah. same movements with Teslabot with one less axis. Yeah. What I would say is that while you know, generally people go, that looks much more expensive. That looks much more uh, sophisticated, but in fact, more complex, more complex, but also yep. Tesla purposely has stated that they are trying to create a very simple 
bot that's going to cost uh, cheap and, and quick to make and scale to they make thousands and hundreds right. of thousands of them. And so they're even reusing the same uh, Mm -hmm. the same uh, actuators in every part of the bot. They're trying to design it less and less parts. So that's the kind of thing what I mean by elegance where, you know, that this works. They're, you know, uh, these guys are making their thing work, which is step one. But then the next thing is how do you actually scale this thing that they're building? Yeah. Now, now let's look at the other thing they're doing here. You, you, if you look in the bottom, just go back for a second. We can look at the actuators um, on the, on the bot and you'll see that there are these, in, in the interior part are these two very large actuators. That's what's used to make the knee move. It's a rotational motor that they have to create a linear movement in order yeah. to actuate the knee. Massive. Yeah. And then they have the other motors on the outside, which are directly on the axis. So they're rotary motors that are connected directly to the axis. So they're actually performing what they want to do. But this rotary motor, you have to turn it into translational axis and you can see how big it is to create the, the moment that it needs to do that. If you look mm-hmm. over in Tesla, you'll see the Tesla bot, those two purple motors that are there, those are the linear drives. There's one yeah. in the foreground and there's one behind that you can't see, which basically takes the place of those two motors. Mm. So what you're seeing is that it's very compact inside the leg compared to this very bulky um, drive units mm-hmm. they have there. And later on, we're getting an idea exactly how big those things are. But yeah, that's, that is the Tesla bot legs are definitely more compact if you look at it. Now we can go ahead and we can compare the pelvic areas and you'll notice that in the new design, a similar look in the pelvis in the back. So they, they have similar motors there and you'll see that the, the Tesla bot where this is an old image where I actually circled where the plug is. That's what the, <laughs> the red is. If you try to figure out where you recharge it, it charges it there. But if we go to the next slide, uh, we're going to see where I highlighted what are like the equivalent to the green and orange motors that were in the Tesla bot image. Mm-hmm. And so um, we basically have three motors behind the Tesla bot, behind this package, two of them that we can see, one of them that's hidden. And the, 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 the dotted yellow is where I'm showing where the Tesla bot motor is. And the fact that I circled it in blue is to show the actuation, the similar actuation on the blue part over on the, um, uh, the Fourier uh, robot, which mm-hmm. is displaced up a little bit higher. And then you'll see the green ones that are circled are also showing the similar thing. So the, the pelvic area almost is the same thing, very similar actuation for them. Um, and then after that, you get these much bigger motors to be able to do the, the actual movement of the hips uh, and also of the knee. So the, the upper joint movement, the up, upper leg movement, and also the knee movement comes from those. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's, that's a, a comparison between the two. Now let's take a look at the hands, what's going on here. Um, They've now decided to, to put some fingers on there or, or actually some, some digits. And the wrist is always a tricky kind of thing because you don't want it to be too bulky. You need to get that degree of freedom. And, if, and I've highlighted again where all the different offsets and everything are. And right where the blue is, is where your wrist is, is uh, pivoting about. Now, the thing is, there's a long distance. That's that orange distance I'm sort of showing between there and your palm. Now, if you look at the normal human arm, if, if you look at my hand, it kind of starts there. Look, I can articulate mm-hmm. it right there. Yeah. In their case, they're articulating way back. So you, you yeah. don't have quite the same dexterity as, as you would. And there's a couple of reasons for that, that uh, problem. And uh, over on the right side, again, I'm kind of highlighting some of the, uh, the, you know, the, the um, socket wrenches and everything that were there, the red ones there to be able to actuate everything. Um, but the orange, big orange circle is showing this big kind of gap between where the hand is and that actuator. And the reason why that's there 
is to give clearance for the, the hand going back and forth. So they have this extra gap that's kind of formed by that. Because if you look at there, it's just like dead air. And it's because when they come around too far, they actually end up bumping and things. Now, there's something strange mm -hmm. about the way the hand is mounted on there. It's not mounted orthogonal to any of the axes, it's almost like it's off at 45 degrees. And I would recommend they rotate it another 45 degrees and then change the red and the blue axes to, to one to become the yaw and one to become the pitch. And if you do that, you can then get the hand a little bit closer to the articulation point and it would be a little bit better. So they have a big offset there. Now, if we go, I think in the next slide, we, I kind of compare what's going on with the Tesla bot. So the Tesla bot, you see the articulation point is a lot closer to where the hand is because of the kind of mechanism that they've used in the kind of drive units that are back there. So they have the linear drives doing that. Again, that's something I think Tesla can eventually make more compact. This particular design is more kind of classic of the way a lot of industrial uh, robot yeah. arms work. It may make the wrist a little bit bulky. And then if we go to, I think the next slide, we get a picture of how Sanctuary did. In Sanctuary, you see, they also yeah. bring their pivot point very, very close nice. to the hand. Mm -hmm. They did a little, little bit different. And so again, they um, that's where it should be. So I think mm -hmm. that's one of the deficits they have and definitely one of the advantages that we see in TeslaBot. And now the next slide, we begin to look at the comparison between the two. So um, I kind of highlighted some of the knuckles in there in green and in red. And um, part of the reason I did that is in the next slide, we'll remind everyone when we uh, look at the hand from the TeslaBot is that the human hand is made up of these distal phalanges, the intermediate and the proximal. So basically you have three joints on your fingers that can move. Um, what Tesla did is they fused the blue and the red together to make a single joint out of that. So they simplified mm -hmm. it. They got rid of it to reduce some of the complexity of the hand. If we go ahead and, and take a look at what Troyer did, you will see they did the, made the same. Well, first no, of this all, is sanctuary. sanctuary. Sanctuary has yep. full articulation there. Yep. They went ahead and said, no, we're going to do everything. So they're going to have a bit yep. more dexterity there. If we right. uh, look at what they did at Fourier, we'll notice, uh, actually, maybe we should go back. I think I forgot my slide orders. Go, go back up. And where I kind of put them together, they also fuse them together. We could probably go up one more image and it won't be quite so uh, so clustered there. Uh, up again. Let's, okay. I think we can see, if we look at the very uh, ends of those tips, those tips are already curved and they're not articulated. So again, it's, it's yeah, similar tiny to the fingers. That Tesla bot did. Of they're not thin. having additional degrees of freedom there. Yeah. Okay. We haven't seen the hands in operation yet. We've only seen that they have it, but we actually haven't seen to do anything. We've only seen what are these kind of little flapper joints able to pick up something simple. Okay. So now what's the comparison? What? So this is about all I could get off the off the the website as far as it weighs about fifty five pounds, which is similar to the Tesla bot and, and also the Phoenix, and and about the same as as the Agility bot. Its height is um, 165 centimeters, and in uh, Imperial, I believe that is um, five foot four inches, or five foot five inches, right around there, five foot five inches. And the walking speed is about what you're seeing, all, uh, five kilometers per hour is gonna be about three miles per hour, something like that. Uh, and they have you know full 40 degrees of freedom uh, on the body. And I'm not sure if that's including <laughs> finger joints as well. So that's also about similar to what we're seeing in the, the Tesla bot. And um, now the one thing I found rather interesting, you see where it says the maximum module peak torque is 300 Newton meters. Mm, what does that mean? So that means they have one servo there that's able to do that. And I'm sure that's the one in the leg. 
Now let's go to the next slide and let's compare that to Tesla bot. So these are the actuators in Tesla bot and you'll see the biggest one there is 180. So they're producing almost twice as much, but that's that really big one. Yep. The, 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 in order to be able to produce that amount of, of torque. Now this is an apples to oranges kind of comparison because you notice the upper ones, they are in torque, Newton meters, whereas the bottom one is only in Newtons. So effectively the bottom one, the 8,000 Newtons is probably the equivalent or is doing the, the same job as the 300 Newton meter one, but I have a feeling actually has a little bit more power and a smaller package. So um, that's why Tesla decided to not do everything with uh, rotary joints, but to yeah. go ahead and also have some linear actuators. And we can kind of continue right. along and see uh, comparison to some of the others. So this is like the original Tesla bot. So we can see how, uh, you know, the weight and the speed compares. Uh, just as a reminder, it's, it's 5.8 versus 5.5. I did not find out what the carrying capacity is for this bot, but I suspect Warrior. it's probably yeah. in the same order. Probably, you know, it's not going to be 100 pounds or anything. It's probably mm -hmm. going to be... 40 pounds, 50 pounds, somewhere around there, very, very similar. And then um, again, I think the, the next one, just to, to remind us, you know, the overall height and the weight. And then I also have some of the information of the other two bots, just again, so we can compare the technical details. The Phoenix you'll see is a little bit shorter. It's at five, seven, but, but taller than the, the Fourier. Uh, its weight is a little bit more at around 70 kilograms. Max payload, yeah, around 50, 55 pounds, something like that. So they're all sort of designed for that payload class, which makes sense. Because remember, when you check your bags at the airport, what's the maximum yeah. they allow you for check baggage? Yeah. <laughs> 50 pounds, sure. right? Anything above that, you have to pay extra. And, and that's because 50 pounds is about the maximum of what you want a person to be able to, to lift mm -hmm. without some sort of assistance. So that's, that's about right. And then I think we can also take a look at, uh, again, the, the agility bot. Uh, just to uh, digit, just to kind of remind us um, what its capabilities are and what its appearance is. You see, it's a little bit different, but in sort of a similar class. So that's my comparison. So your thoughts? Yeah, yeah I mean, obviously, well, the big thing is it barely has digits, fingers, um, hasn't shown that it works. Uh, and then you haven't talked about intelligence. Does this, uh, this Fourier intelligence, they call it intelligence, do they actually have AI experience? It sounds like that their background is creating these exoskeletons for helping people with rehab, but I'm not sure that this is meant, this is their first foray, <laughs> foray yeah. into the intelligence. And so does, does Fourier intelligence actually have intelligence? I'm assuming they have some. Now, uh, with this image here, if you look at the, at the top, <laughs> You can barely sort of see it at uh, Two eyes, the very top yeah. what the vision system is. So again, yeah. it looks like there's probably no cameras to the sides, which is why they want to have the movement. So mm -hmm. um, I think it's just two uh, stereo cameras up top. It could be wrong. It may have a little bit more, but there's not enough information on their website to be able to tell. And this is like an early version of their next generation because we can see the arms are not complete. So they, they're sort of sitting there, but there's no hands yet. So they were just probably yeah. using that to demonstrate it. But there was something else that was very interesting. Now, if we'll look at this, I, I brought this image in because you notice it's untethered. Yeah. So this is an untethered image. Remember earlier, I talked about that chest cavity. Mm -hmm. And if you look at a lot of the images of the chest cavity, you can tell when you look at them, there's nothing in there. There's some blinking mm -hmm. blue lights behind there, which is probably mm -hmm. the, the controls of the computer system. But there's also like a lot of empty area. And I'm looking I think at it's this. A, I would like, guess it's the batteries. Plugging. Like they did put in the batteries, they were plugged in. And I, now that they're putting batteries. Here. I, don't, I don't see them in here either. Mm -hmm. So 
even these, when they're moving around, if you look at, at some of the images in there, I don't see where the battery pack is. You and need batteries. Yeah. You need batteries. And that, that volume is smaller than I think the volume that you have in the Tesla bot for the batteries. So I have no idea where they're getting the power from, especially in this case. Now, some other cases, they had an umbilical that probably was able to provide the power for the test yeah, stands. That's what I was saying. But they are definitely doing some untethered and some others where they are tethered, but there does not appear to be an umbilical to provide power. And at the same time, I can't really see, all right, where are the batteries? Now, if you look here, there is something orange in the back. And I'm not sure if maybe there's a battery pack that has somehow yeah. been stuck in the back. But it's not clear to me that the batteries are going into that chest cavity because if that's where they're going to be, I would always have the batteries there because the batteries are going to have a mass. Mm -hmm. And you want to test this with the same mass that you expect to have in there. So that's a mystery right now is what's missing is like, where's the batteries? How does it get the power? And is it like a really small battery pack that's just enough to be able to do this walk? Because that's, you know, if you could put like one or two batteries in there, but it's not going to last eight hours. And again, looking here at some of these, you can see it's tethered from behind to support it, but there is not actually no power line coming in there no that you can tell. Line, There's yeah. no umbilical whatsoever. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, can I play this? Is there a video? No. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, these were just kind of some close-ups and give you some ideas. Again, looking inside the chest cavity, I do not see that there is um, any, uh, any batteries in there at all. And right. Yeah. <clears throat> So that's great. No, that was wonderful. So we saw it was very impressive, like usual. You see this video of this bot going, doing all these things, and you go, see, there's other bots. But the key thing for me is intelligence. It's one mm -hmm. thing to have a humanoid bot that can walk, that can move. You need the intelligence. And unless you can tell me that this company has a supercomputer, they have a team of machine learning experts that are building neural nets, that they have ability to examine and learn its surroundings, be able to label things and move things, then it's it's comparable to physical it's it's like boston dynamics it can do these flips but it has no brain at all now sanctuary we did show in one of our previous episodes where it does have ai you can verbally talk to sanctuary and it will know what to pick up and then there's four items on a table or on the ground and it knew which one to pick up and move to where it goes so they have been working on ai so for me it's still sanctuary seems to be the next in line but yeah i mean you know what i mean yeah. it's not just the thing i mean it's, so one thing is you need to create a bot and mm -hmm. then you need to be able to mass produce it mass scale and so these guys are starting they're beginning they need to like tear everything back down and then and then they can hire a, a factory in china to mass produce these things and then they need to then partner with somebody to be able to put the brain in um but right now you know it's interesting, but it's nothing more to me, anyways. Unless you, that's my opinion. Unless you come, it's nothing more than let's say the Romella UCLA bots that they're creating in the research and development lab that can do all this too. Unless you can tell me it actually can do certain functions already today. At least Digit, which is the one we saw with the green little guy, it's already functioning out there. It's already working, pick and place. It can grab things and move things in places. That's uh, that's functional. Yeah. Yeah. Now the. Again, we have that triad of, of all the areas that have to be mastered. One is walking. Uh, one, of course, is the brains, and, and one is the hands. And I would say uh, it, it seems like Sanctuary has got some, uh, a pretty good piece with working on the dexterity, and I know they're starting to work on the brains part of it. Um, and we 
we can see agility has done very well with being able to do the walking part of it and are starting to also think about how to do manipulation and adding more of the brains. This is mechanically good. And that's the only thing you can kind of tell is I can't tell what's going on in the software without actually seeing the software more demonstrations. It walks quite well, but you don't necessarily need AI from that. You just need a very good control system that is able to do that. And I was able to notice, um, I think somewhere I got the clip, we have to go back when it's kind of doing this wave with the hands, mm, you want to look yeah. at it a little bit closer. If you look down low, you will see the pelvis is kind of doing this movement back and forth. That is rather interesting. Um, so we're going to come in there and then when we see the hand waving, I want you to look down at the pelvis right there. Look at the pelvis. You see how it's kind of moving along the ground mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for it to do that. So what, what it's attempting to do is it's like doing this thing with the hands and then it's rotating its torso this way. Well, it has a degree of freedom right along the torso that it could just do that fine. And its legs could stay completely stationary. But when it's doing that movement, you'll notice that its legs are kind of moving back. Its hips are giving a little bit of movement there back and forth. They're not staying stable. So that's showing a very interesting integration that they have a very good control algorithm that is integrating all those movements to keep the stability and keep the fluidity. And when I, I talked to, to Gary Schneider about that, I asked him to take a look at this and what he thought. And he also was like impressed. It, it's a very subtle kind of movement there, but that was, that was so t it looks good. And it looks like to me that they have a solid mechanical design, right? They've done some good things with the actuators in some joints, some other joints, not so much. So there could be improvements in the, in the, the wrist area. I kind of like what they've done with the shoulder for sure. Yeah. Um, and again, I wish Tesla would go ahead and mount that more at like a 15 to 30 degree angle because everyone else is doing it. And I already thought they were going to do it and then they changed. Now, maybe they have a good reason because you see the original design, they were going to do that. And they just said, no, nah, it's going to be okay out straight. So they may have, I'm sure they had some discussions about the reason why they've done that. They also work to make sure that the wrist has a nice, is very thin and it articulates where you want it to be. So those are the differences that are going on. Um, mm -hmm. There is a competition. And I think the last thing, there was one slide in there. And the reason I threw it in is, you remember a few weeks ago, I asked the Twitter community, if the Tesla bot was available for pre-orders tomorrow, uh, you know, how many would you order? Right. And I, I put like, you know, one, 10, 100,000. And of course, like, oh, who's going to do a thousand? You go to the Agility Robotics website and you go in there to find out more information. And one of the things they, they ask you, is how many would you need yeah. in your your factory? And they yeah. have a bunch of check marks in there, and one of them goes right up to a thousand. So they want to know. So they're thinking big. I mean, it, they wouldn't put that on there if they didn't think there actually would be people out there imagining the possibility of sure, sure. not just this is agility. Like we said, yep. it can pick in place. It already moves. It it doesn't have digits. It's a it's a, a claw, but it moves and it works. Yes. So those guys definitely can sell. They can sell. They can make a thousand of them. Look how simple it is, and you can see that the scalability of this of manufacturing at low cost is high, but it's very designed for a very specific activity, and it works. So yeah, yeah. no kidding. They will do a thousand and of you these. You can see it's the great. website. What it is it's it's like moving totes around and everything else. It's a lot of pick and yeah. place kind of operations. Um, they're thinking big and. What that means is that all these companies that are building these, these bots aren't thinking that they're just going to sell onesies and twosies here's in there. Yeah. They're imagining that once they get everything going, once they get it to scale, companies are going to want dozens and dozens, if not hundreds and hundreds of these bots. 
And that's something that uh, everyone needs to be aware of that, as uh, Farzad likes to say, the robots are coming. No, the robots are here, uh, like we just said, right? They are here. We're going to see many, many of these come out. But it's very important for us to actually look closely like you just did, not only in the mechanics. that You can't be fooled by this thing walking. That's kind of table stakes at this point. It's the intelligence. That's the only bot that's going to be able to take over the vast majority of jobs. Agility, like we said, Digit will be able to have many jobs. There's going to be so many that's going to be replaced. I'm sure this company will have its place, but I would not at this point consider it to be at the same echelon. The brain is what matters, right? The brain is what the matters. The brain is what it matters, can, yes. It can walk around in any... Can you say to it, can I tell my bot, go from my front door and walk over to Scott's house, which is, you know, block away, open their door, put in the beer in the fridge? Well, Tesla bot could do that because it has... The ability to actually do occupancy network. It knows when some when some part is like a, there's a bush there, and I better not hit the bush. It knows how to uh, walk up and down stairs because it knows it is stairs. It knows the direction where to go, yeah, all that stuff. It knows how to open the door, and if it's a different kind of door than uh, all the other doors, once you show it how to do it once, it'll know to do it in that particular door. Uh, as opposed to, let's say, Boston Dynamics, where they had to code it with QR codes to tell it to push the door open, but that's all it could do. So while you're wild by these demos, when you understand how it actually breaks down, it's not that impressive. So, uh, yeah. So I would say still Tesla bought the way ahead. I'd say Sanctuary, the one that has an AI capability there. And I think you told me the Sanctuary is funded quite a bit uh, by they've, big. They've got good solid funding. They're on, good, uh, yeah, on funding. A good funding ground. Yes. Yeah. These guys look like that they were built initially from the exoskeleton to help with rehab, patients in rehab. So they're really focuses on the mechanics. Now that they moved to humanoid robots, the focus is on the mechanics and they need to partner with an AI company, then great. I'm sure that that would be their plan. But right now, yeah, it's interesting R&D. <laughs> yep, it is. Okay. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate this. This is good. We're going to do more of these as these robots come and we're going to keep reviewing all of them. And uh, maybe I'm, maybe I was a little critical. I'm sure I shouldn't have been, uh, you know, obviously any it's, work is, is way more than um, it takes. I shouldn't just discount how much effort these guys put in and how advanced that they are compared to 90 other percent, 90% of other robots. So, yeah. yeah. And, when uh, when I looked at it, I mean, it was definitely something that we should have on our radar. We should understand it because you want to see what the, some of the design choices are and how things could be improved and evolved to be able to understand when these next opportunities come along. And when I looked at it, there's only 16 seconds. And, you know, I'm famous to take 16 seconds and turn it into 16 hours. <laughs> yeah. um, it was way more than I could put in any tweet thread. So yeah. I'm really happy that to, to come we on. To be able to talk about it because really the only way we could do any justice is to have a video to sort of discuss what's going on to understand the mechanics to understand the design decisions thank you scott and uh yeah there's there's a little bit of a competition going on out there and competition is good so um hopefully if that means anybody the has, bot team will be a bit more open with what they're doing uh, very soon other bots you want us to review and break down send them our way and we're going to do the same thing and compare everybody Absolutely. one by one thanks everybody thanks scott Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Herbert. <laughs>